You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to this Victory Monday recording slash Tuesday morning publish of Locked On Jaguars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Goodall. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. And you can follow my co-host, Misto Cristofo, Mr. Chris Thornton, at Misto Cristofo on Twitter. Chris, say what's up to our beautiful listeners. Hello, 5-3 and three Jaguars fans. Doesn't it feel good to be in this spot? It feels fantastic. The Jaguars are coming off a 23-7 to win uh, over the Cincinnati Bengals on their forever teal game. The jerseys looked almost as beautiful as the team did. Chris, give me your immediate takeaways from the game. We won at home. Yes, this is big. This is, also the first, this is also the first time they've won two games in a row this year. And Everbank actually felt like a home field advantage. It was it was electric. It was kind of dead until the uh, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Green scuffle. But after that, it was kind of, it was really electric. And I really hope it's like this next week against the Chargers. And that's something we can go ahead and talk about right now. The whole A.J. Green, Jalen Ramsey uh, scuffle, big fight. Uh, the news broke today that neither player will be suspended, um, which is kind of BS. A.J. Green deserves a suspension, in my honest opinion. Yeah, uh, A.J. Green, uh, I got the kind of reasoning behind it from Miller, Matt Miller, and Ian Rappaport. They said ejected players rarely get suspended because they kind of, both Jalen and uh, A.J. Green served, in essence, half-game suspensions. But if you you kind of want to look at this from a positive standpoint, the Bengals play the Titans next week. So having A.J. Green against the Titans might work in our favor if the Bengals somehow beat the Titans and the Jaguars win against the Chargers, we'll have sole possession of first place. I do have two kind of counterpoints to that, though. The first being, like, what Jalen was doing out there wasn't nearly on Green's level, so I'm not sure how you can look at it and say they both only get off, even with uh, players normally not getting suspended or the ejective ejected for that matter uh you can't i don't think you can just give them both those little half game suspensions and call it even when this most certainly was not even i feel like for green he deserved another and also the Bengals suck with with (laughs) with with or without green they are tear i don't view having green as some game changer in terms of beating the titans and don't get me wrong A.J. Green is in the top tier of receivers in the NFL. And minus everything with Jalen, I respect the hell out of him as a receiver. I don't think him being on the field like moves pushes the needle enough for Cincinnati to suddenly be this like better team than Tennessee. I don't know how much it'll even help that much. That That team is bad. Yeah, it's true. But, I mean, the Titans had to beat the Cleveland Browns in overtime. Yeah, and that no, was and that was fair. even a struggle for them. Like they had yeah. they had like each team yeah. had the ball for about three possessions, I think. But I mean, like I said, I if they weren't playing the Titans, I'd be calling for AJ Green to be suspended for at least a game or two. I mean, Mike Evans got suspended, but then again, mm-hmm. he wasn't ejected, so there's kind of that whole thing. But 
Yeah, AJ yeah. Green definitely was. It was definitely dirty. Ramsey got the late shove, and he obviously should have been just flagged for that. And I would have been fine with the flagged. flag. I would have been fine yeah. with the flag because I mean it's obviously unnecessary roughness. He would have just. He would have deserved the flag. But both to be ejected was kind of BS. Didn't really matter in the end because the Jags defense held their own and only allowed the Bengals to have thirty yards of offense after that. So. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> we saw some Colvin and Merrick action outside, which was, uh, I mean, they held their own, like I said, only 30 yards of offense. Merrick looked Merrick looked pretty good, especially when he was targeted on that deep ball. Mm-hmm. I was holding my he breath. Stayed, he stayed in pace the entire play. Yeah, no, this Jags defense may might actually have some depth after all. But yeah, Colvin was playing outside for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, this, this was really an all- a team effort win. Defense was locking down the Bengals' offense. The offense was putting the offense was putting points points on the board, and special teams came up with a huge punt return to kind of end the uh, to kind of put the game away. Mickens mm-hmm. being the hero at the bank for that. Uh, yeah. This week, I think the biggest takeaway I've had, even though I would I do want to say full credit to Portals because for the past two weeks he's had a lot of inaccurate throws throughout both games and anyone that really watches can see like the lack of spiral or thrown a bit behind but even it without without paying attention to that he still moved the ball he still got the ball at least to where it needed to be not creating any turnovers or throwing really bad like you know potentially turnover-esque throws like he's he's doing exactly what he needs to do right now so utmost praised him for that but the biggest takeaway for me was marcel darius he had a great game oh yeah i mean he had the most tackles on the uh d line uh with he had, three. He, had he had two run stops on seven run snaps and that imme- that tell that's tw- i think 28% ish uh run stop percentage and they, he was tra- he, they traded for him to help upgrade this run defense. And Cincinnati's leading rusher had 31 yards, but the team as a whole had 29 because Dalton and Gio Bernard both lost a yard. Mm-hmm. So I think Darius already had that, even in his limited snaps, had an immediate impact on this rushing defense. Yeah, I mean, the Jags, I think, went from last in the league to in rush defense to 26th with that performance of only letting up... Uh... 30 yards of rushing on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more from Darius going forward too. That that's very very good um good numbers for him. A 28% run stop percentage is great. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see that much. And, and I, think uh, he had like a, I think he had like a 10% throughout the year already. So <laughs> 28 jeez. But yeah, Blake has uh, on the year 10 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, which one of those interceptions is kind of BS. It was that O'Shaughnessy yeah. uh, fumble. I think it was a fumble. So it could be 10 and 9. But like I said, he's not posting horrible numbers. He's moving the ball. He's moving the ball and not turning it over. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, he has no games. Well, actually, sorry, he has one against the Titans, but that was kind of a complete team failure at that point. Uh, but he has no games where he has more turnovers than he does touchdowns. Well, interceptions. Right. But, no, Blake has been, I mean, I'm sure of what they're asking him for this year. He's just kind of, he's moving the ball pretty effectively. His confidence has gone up, too. Yeah, I could definitely. Big time. Oh, yeah. 
him him getting in it uh, getting a little into it with Marone and mm-hmm. they it was obviously not that big of a deal. He wanted to keep playing. Uh, he wanted to go score and Marone yeah. wanted to kneel. I think that's more people were like, "Oh, wow, they're about to feud or something. This could be bad." I think it's more of a no, this is Blake being confident. This is something we need to see. Obviously, you don't want him arguing with his coach, but yeah. like Blake last year throughout the entire year, you know, it's kind of like how he handles his press conferences. He's kind of a, you know, it's whatever kind of relaxed guy and pretty silent throughout all of last year. Now we're suddenly seeing that fire like against uh, who was it on that one play where he got hit, I think, by Michael Johnson and he mm-hmm. got up and he got up in Johnson's ear after. Yep. This is the Blake we need to see, this even is, if he's not the future. We just need to see this. From this is him. 2015 confidence, Blake. I 100% agree, and it's great to see. He's not. He's like obviously you don't want him to get too confident and start making bad plays, but he's right. confident and make. He's kind of throwing downfield a little more now. He's targeting uh-huh. over the middle. He's going deep, uh, and I mean, like I said, he kind of missed a wide open Mercedes Lewis for a touchdown, but. Uh, that was Mer- not good. Mer- that was that was fault on both sides. Both uh, of them. Mercedes. Of them were Mercedes could have made a better effort. Blake could have put a better ball. But to be fair, Blake was kind of having to escape a collapsing pocket. Uh, he but- was. Uh, I mean, at the same time, though, like when it's a thirty-yard radius, even if you're like, as long as Blake isn't like falling to the ground throwing it, then. There's no excuse to get that ball a little closer. Yeah. If that's but, anybody, if that's but- anybody but Mercedes, that's a touchdown. I agree. Uh, yeah, Mercedes at the same time also needs to not just stand and watch it kind of fly. Yeah. Like, and uh, like you said, if that's anyone else, I think they do probably score because play they're faster. pretty much any receiver, any receiver or tight end on the squad is faster than Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> but even just the effort would have been good to see. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. It re- I mean, it still, still win. Really, it really didn't have that much. That didn't have any impact on the game whatsoever. It would have just made great for another Mercedes Lewis uh, highlight. It would have gotten me a lot closer to my score prediction. I picked thirty to fourteen, and it would have been thirty to seven if that were the case. Or did they score? Did they score on that drive anyway? Because so, I'm just blanking. Uh, that drive, I want to say, was that the drive that they kicked a field goal? Was maybe, that was that maybe. was that Lambo's fifty-six uh, yard field goal? Yes, that's right. So I would have been a little bit closer, but like 27 to 7. Can we just talk about, like, can we just praise Josh Lambeau for a little bit? 5 for 5 on the day, including a 56-yard field goal? His, his longest in his career. Yeah, he lined up for that. And I knew I knew that Lambeau doesn't have that strong of a leg because he's kind of struggling to get the ball uh, touchbacks on kickoffs. But... When he lined up for that, I was like cautiously optimistic because I knew he had the accuracy. It was just, does he have the leg? And he 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 could have made that from fifty nine or sixty. Lambo through two games is perfect on both field goals and extra points. Was I, Myers perfect on either for more <laughs> than one game at all this year? Like, was there ever a consistent like two plus game stretch where he hit perfectly from both? I don't think so. Don't think so. And I was I, I, my prediction. <laughs> I really don't think so. He exceeded my prediction. I said that he was going to be four for four on kicks this week, and he was five for five. So, kudos to Josh Lambo. Then big time kudos to like you said, Jaden Mickens. And I'll be brutally honest until like the Colts game. I'm pretty sure I had no idea what a Jaden Mickens was. Well, to be fair, he was on the practice squad, and then he was brought up. 
he was brought up, and <laughs> look what we get. Was this his second game? I knew he played yeah, against the Colts. He, I didn't know if it was Colts, his second or third. The Colts was his first uh, game where he basically just threw up the fair co- the fair catch every punt yeah. that came his way, which was a lot. Yeah, but, it was a lot. No, his his punt return was impressive. He made some guys miss. Yeah, but uh, I think this I think Mickens might officially end the Rashad Green era, which he should. Rashad Green, bad. I don't know why they even bothered like <laughs> keeping him around before he got hurt. They, I think they should have let him go early on. They knew that they um, Keelan Cole and Shane Wynn were battling for that last spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Rashad Green. I think they kept him because if they would have cut him, they would have had a slight dead cap hit. But probably at this point, doesn't matter because you got Jaden Mickens uh, looking good back there. I tell you what, I think Keelan Cole needs to get involved in this offense more. His, I don't think he's going to. His catch to open up the game, his I think I don't even know if it made Sports Center top ten, but it should have. That was a great it, catch. It, was a, it, it made number seven. I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. But yeah, that was a phenomenal catch, uh, on a bad, a pretty bad Blake throw, but still, phenomenal effort by Keelan Cole to reel that thing in. I also want James O'Shaughnessy to be part, more part of the offense. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done much like at all this year. Like five catches for 47 yards is all he has in his box score. But I think it's been on almost every reception he's had, he's converted for a first down. He's been a third uh, third down target, and he's been effective on each one. Except for the fumble so, interception. Except for the fumble interception, but minus that, in terms of actually like when he's being used – and um, they're giving him the ball to convert. He's mm-hmm. doing it, so do it more often. I'm here for it because they don't really have that like true receiver tight end, and he's been the closest thing to it. So, and kind of just looking at, uh, kind of going back to the passing game a little bit for Blake. In the last three games, he's posting a 65. He's posting a 63 percent or better uh, completion percentage, which is not horrible. One could say it's actually pretty good for him, especially. He's posting his quarterback ratings have been an eighty-three, a one twenty-four, and a ninety-one. He's doing exactly like I said. He's doing exactly what they need him to right now. And if he can even elevate his game a little more and have more in the passing game once Fournette comes back as well, uh, I think that just makes the Jags that much more deadly. And that's the last thing we'll talk about before we wrap it up. Uh, Fournette being made inactive. For reportedly missing a, what was it, team meeting, uh, a mandatory rehab, and, and team a photo. team photo. I I still don't really, like, get it. I don't think that's a game suspension, at least worth it. At the same time, they did fine without him, so I can't really complain. But I'm curious to see if we'll learn anything more or if this will just be... You know, it's well, I'm hoping I'm hoping don't we don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm hoping he kind of, you know, fixes this because. Well, the thing is, I don't know what this is though. Is this a recurring problem that's been in the past that they find him? This is what I hate that they're not transparent about anything. Like normally, if a player's fine, that stuff goes through PR, it's sent to the league, and it becomes news. Like this is normally stuff you hear about. Mm-hmm. Um. We knew nothing about this, and we don't know if this was all in the past week. I'd assume the rehab is in the past week because he's still recovering from his ankle injury. I don't know if this is all from the past week or not. You don't know how if this has been a problem throughout the year, if he's been being fined. So 
once again, like kind of like the Brandon Linder injury, we're all just left in the dark. We know he missed mm-hmm. a game because very, very vague reasons that the team wasn't even going to release. It was leaked by um, who was it, Schefter that broke that or Rappaport? The uh, the Fournette news. Yeah, who was it that broke the? I think what I th- happened. I think Jay Glazer did. Jay Glazer. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Glazer came out and said it was. Um, I think he photo. said one. I think he said, he said team, team photo. photo, and then and then other things. And yeah, then and then Rappaport and everybody else kind of started. But the team wasn't going to let any of that out. Mm-hmm. That that had to have been leaked to those big guys, which just we'll never know. We'll never know if this is Fournette literally having a discipline issue. The only way, way we'd find out is if it continues to happen. But I don't know. I don't like being left in the dark. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I've had pretty differing opinions on this. I was okay with the game suspension because uh, I think it's kind of setting that tone where, like, regardless of who you are on the team, you're going to kind of be treated the same. I think that kind of has a good vibe to your locker room that there's no, like, favoritism. Uh, I know that doesn't really, that probably doesn't really affect grown men, but I mean, it's just one of those things that you're kind of setting a tone because last year, Bunches of Jags fans were like, oh, Gus Bradley has zero control of this team. There's no discipline. This team just needs to be disciplined and they'll be rolling. And then you have Doug Marone, who seems to be one of the more disciplined coaches in the league. And he's kind of setting a tone. And, I mean, look how the Jags are doing. I feel and, like and that that's great. And I love the discipline part. Don't get me wrong. And that's something I very much vouched for in terms of getting rid of Bradley and finding more of a disciplinarian. But like I said, when we're so left in the dark about this, like – I feel like this is just really bad PR. Mm-hmm. I, I think we need to know more before we can say that this is this is good for discipline and stuff because we don't know if this is something that we don't know the details to where we can like label it as oh this is a good discipline thing or if this was an overreaction. I don't. I don't yeah, I don't but know. I I think just from the things that have been leaked alone, I would I. I'm fine with the I decision. I don't know if I'd. Susp- I mean, the rehab I probably would pr- kind of be my line. Missing a team photo and may, and we don't like we said we don't know if he was late if he missed the whole thing like it's just we don't have enough details I think to kind of make that as fans make that kind of ruling on what we think if that was good or a uh, good move or not yeah just my opinion but I mean this is where I'll continue to harp on it until they until I'm either blue in the face or until they change it <laughs> but this this team needs to be more transparent. The fans are paying, are putting in good. Um, the whole cliche: fans pay for the players. P- fans, the fans are the reason this all happens. I think we deserve to know a little bit more from this team on some of the basic stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I don't think it will either. So, hence, until I am blue in the face. And then, constantly, I want to talk about just real quickly is uh, Brandon Linder played right guard this week. Shatley staying at center, he's been pretty good. So putting Linder at guard and having Shatley there, suddenly uh, that's clearly an improvement. Can, I noticed, I noticed that they were running the ball almost exclusively to the right side. Yeah, and the running game, like you said, even um, with Fournette not playing, was still doing really well. 149 total yards on four, um, 40 carries. Yeldon having that big fumble, uh, mm-hmm. that fumble at the beginning of the game uh former jag chris smith forcing the fumble uh but then but then yeldon kind of came back and kind of held his own had some decent good runs 
was able I to... Still th- I don't know, because people were still calling for Yeldon over Ivory. I still really like Ivory's role. Yeah. 104 no. total yards when you're splitting carries with all these guys. You only got half the carries, but you added on another three receptions. He still needs to be the number two no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeldon with two fumbles in two games, even though he's had a couple flashy runs, I'm still not sold. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, Yeldon should definitely be the number three, uh, rotating with Grant because Grant kind of gives you that change of pace that not the Speed other two, factor. the other yeah. two don't give you. Yeah, exactly. But um, that should pretty much wrap it up. Do you have any last um, last mentions you want to put out there? Uh, to the people of Jacksonville, if you don't have tickets already to the Chargers game, buy tickets, be out there, support the team. Uh, they played well for us last week. I think they deserve to come to another full stadium uh, and bring the noise like we did last week. I think we could really kind of start a really good push for the playoffs. Uh, Malik Jackson with- said it himself that the, uh, the crowd and the like spirits in the stadium almost brought him to tears. So let's do that again. That I don't. I don't think we've heard that from a player in. I mean, ten, 10 years. I mean, Telvin, <laughs> Telvin Smith even said we're taking back Jacksonville. So, yeah, if you don't have tickets, if you can, buy them, come out the Sunday, support the Jags, be loud, be rowdy, and go Jags. The return of Gus Bradley. The gu- return of Gus Bradley, and hopefully, we've been saying this for a few weeks, uh, hopefully Didi's back this week, but it sounds like they're not trying to rush him in, and I don't think they're kind of, at this point, the offense is kind of looking decent enough to where they don't need to rush him in. I'd rather have a healthy Westbrook if we were to make a decent playoff run. So uh, Westbrook will obviously get more word on that as the week goes on. But, yeah, uh, let's lock down the bank. (laughs) We'll update you with any news we hear on Westbrook as well as the rest of the Jags as we start to preview their matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers and, like we said, the return of Gus Bradley. Uh, but follow us on Twitter, the Locked On Jaguars handle at Locked On Jaguars, at Misto Cristofo, and at Zach Goodall. We are taking back Jacksonville. You guys, we will catch him with y'all tomorrow.